hear that music, you know it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball. This is Jamie Retzke in the Northwoods up here in beautiful Land of Lakes, Wisconsin, looking out at Big Portage Lake. And hey, when I listen to the Brewers broadcast with my good friend Craig Kashan and his sidekick Dan Plezak for the Brewers game the other night, Plezak, following a home run by Mike Moustakas, was talking about the moose being on the loose. Call the park ranger. Well, folks, right here in Land Lakes, Wisconsin, yesterday, there was a moose spotting. Yes, there have been 18 spottings of moose in Wisconsin in 2018, and one can only expect that the moose population has grown as moose will be moose. So, that moose was on the loose. With respect to Moustakas, he got hurt the other night. He's uh, out of the lineup again, and the Brewers are going nowhere. It's kind of sad. At the uh, trade deadline, they didn't get any pitching. That's two out of the last three years. They have dropped the ball when they shouldn't have. And I'm not quite sure where the disconnect was between ownership and the management end of the deal. But if anybody had the uh, uh, right timing to beef up the staff with a Zach Grenke or a Corey Kluber or somebody to help that staff, they could have won the division. That central division of the National League is still up for grabs, although I got a report that my preseason prediction for the Central Division is looking pretty bad because I was hoping and not really thinking that the St. Louis Cardinals would finish at the bottom of the division. So far, I am really, really wrong. They're leading the Central Division by three games following the Cubs being so swept by the Washington Nationals. And I do mean swept. The only game that was close was the third game of that series. The Cubs have continued to have anemic hitting. Fire the batting coach should be the mantra for every fan at Wrigley. They continue to show up. They get 40000 a game. They can't hit a lick. The only hitting they do is against crummy pitching. They're still batting below 220 against starting pitching. That is pathetic. And now Rizzo's out. That's not good. Hap is hapless. So the Cubs have now, for the first time, fallen behind the Cardinals and even the run differential. And it's a pathetic 64. As compared to the Dodgers, their run differential is plus 222. And so the Dodgers, speaking of the Dodgers, this is the uh, 28th day of August. The Dodgers are going to wrap up the division by the end of Labor Day weekend. Yes, sir, Bob, that's unbelievable. By September 3rd, this division of the Western Division of the National League will be history. Their magic number is 10. So that means any combination of the Dodgers wins and the Diamondback losses will fall into a pennant winning celebration for the Dodgers. Break out the champagne because this weekend, who do the Dodgers play? The Diamondbacks, yeah. And who are the Dodgers playing right now before they get to the Diamondbacks? The pathetic last place, San Diego Padres. So we got a little bit to say about the Padres. We got a little bit to say about the Phillies. We got the bang for your buck segment with Bryce Harper and and, uh, Machado. What a joke. I mean, the highest two paid players in baseball, theoretically, 
And they are, let me just tell you, for hitting, Bryce Harper ranks 110th in the major leagues in hitting. Yes, 110th. That means there are 109 underpaid players ahead of him. And as far as Machado, he's a little better. He's hitting 84th in Major League Baseball. And look at the lifetime batting average of Bryce. I get $300 million plus. He's hitting a career 273, which is 20 points lower than this year, with 20 home runs, which ranks 32nd in Major League Baseball. Machado hitting 264, and his lifetime average is, is 280. So, he is 27th, no, 40th in home runs, and uh, basically bad deals. Now, at least Harper's team is struggling in the wild card standings, and I think they've got a good shot. The only exciting race right now is the National League Central Division, with the Cubs basically throwing up all over themselves every friggin' game, although they managed to somehow beat uh, the Mets last night, and Stroman, 5-1, to one, with a couple of home runs. Baez finally woke up. You got Hat playing first base. You got Brian Cold as a, he just can't get a clutch hit. He's got one clutch hit in the last three weeks, and that was a home run to win the game. Last week, before the Nationals came in, when the Cubs swept the lowly Giants, who have, <laughs> which is kind of a pretty funny, they're five and a half back in the wild card race as of today, and today is the 28th day of August, and this is our 30th podcast. Yeah, can you believe it? I can't believe it. You can find our podcast not only on Apple iTunes, but on SoundCloud. If you go to Apple iTunes, you can hit subscription and you get it for free, as I've said. So I want to try to expand this. If you can, forward this information to all your friends and relatives, because I think for the next 30 days of the regular baseball season, and then during the playoffs, we're going to have a lot of fun. It is going to be lighter side of baseball, even though a lot of people predicted that when the Cubs got swept by the Nationals last week, I'd be the grumpiest of the grumpy side of baseball. But now I'm kind of enjoying it. I'm going to get a big refund on my playoff tickets, and then i got to figure out whether I really want to go get tickets for next year. The answer is probably going to be yes. So here we are. The Cubs have 31 games. Everybody's in that 31 to 30 range in terms of the last games of the year. The Cubs play the uh, Brewers and the Cardinals, a total of, I believe, 14 games. So out of the Cubs' remaining games, almost half are with the uh, Cardinals and the Brewers. They play two more games in New York. They've got four games in San Diego. They play the Athletics at Wrigley next week, which is going to be pretty good. So for you fans that really don't like the Cubs, you know, sorry, I dwell on the Cubs. But I also dwell on my other team that I have season tickets for, and that is the Kansas City Royals. And the Kansas City Royals are rumored to be, thank the goodness of everybody, on the sale block with a gentleman who is from Kansas City, which would be a first, the Royals have never been sought after by anybody that actually lived in Kansas City except Ewing Kaufman, and Kaufman was the original owner of the Royals, and he didn't really know much about baseball and had to be talked into buying the team. At least John Sherman, who is from Kansas City, actually wants to buy the team for a reported 
rumored $1 billion. And so here's the criteria as I understand it. First, you have to get an agreement with the owner as to how, uh, what outrageous amount of money you're going to pay to buy this team so then you can spend another half of a billion dollars trying to develop what the Royals let go out to pasture. The second deal is the amount of money that you offer has to be attractive to the other 29 owners in Major League Baseball. And they don't care if you're Al Capone. If you have enough money to make their eyes twinkle with the amount of money that gets offered, the guy's going to get approved. It happened with the uh, owner of other teams, including the uh, Houston Astros. They agreed to move leagues, and uh, this gentleman that bought the team had had a tough time breaking into the fraternity of owners. But And they, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not being critical. I, there are a lot of owners that I think are great guys. And I have always been saying that the teams that are crummy, the Royals, the Tigers, the Marlins, and the... Um, uh, the other, even the, the Padres and the Pirates and some of these dwellers in the basement, Baltimore, get an owner that wants to pay a billion dollars and get the payroll up to $150 million. And then we have competitive balance in the league. Right now, there isn't any competitive balance. So, as a season ticket holder and as a fan, fingers crossed that the Royals might be sold hang on to Dayton Moore for a year until the transition's made, and get somebody who knows how to manage a team. And that is not one Ned Yost. Yeah, he won a World Series, and people say, oh, he's a, you know, his number ought to be retired because he won. Baloney. I mean, the guy inherited a pretty good team, and he got three guys in the bullpen whose, all, whose arms he ruined. Um, and so... They won the World Series, and hallelujah for that. But no team has ever won a World Series and dropped further out of contention and respect in the short amount of time as your Kansas City Royals. So, man, would we welcome, even the ticket prices go up, we'd still welcome somebody that could actually run a ball team, invest the money, and try to win. Right now, David Glass is just trying to prevent having to pay another $50 million into the till to break even. So... That is the Royals uh, scoop. Uh, for my Padre fans out there, oh, man, hold your nose. They stink. <clears throat> the GM ought to go. The manager ought to go. They need to go in a new direction. Whoever decided to get Manny Machado, that guy ought to go. That was a dumb deal from the beginning. And um, the good news for the Padres, the good news for the Astros, the good news for the Tigers, and the good news for the White Sox is, they have the best farm systems, according to uh, people that rank the prospects. The Cubs, on the other hand, man, you know, they're looking south in terms of their prospects. So what's going to happen with that team? The Cubs are now nine games over 500. Oh, my God. Now, that, let's compare that. We've been following the 1959 White Sox during the course of this year because it's the 60th anniversary of the Go-Go White Sox winning the pennant and losing to the Dodgers in the World Series, but you guys can recall that was one of my favorite teams. Well, they, at the end of August, had a two-game lead over the Cleveland Indians, and they were 20 games over 500. So who else is 20 games over 500 in Major League Baseball today? Well, the hot teams are the Yankees, the Twins, the Astros, the Dodgers, 
And that's it. The uh, and the Braves. Sorry, my buddy Goobs. He's he uh, he's a Braves fan. I tell you what, the Braves are hanging in there. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But let's get back to podcast number thirty. As you know, we like to come up with a few numbers uh, of people that we liked or that we watched when uh, uh, a either growing up or currently. Um, the number one guy on my list of White Sox was a pitcher number thirty, John Buzzart. Probably nobody else has ever heard of Johnny Buzzart, but he pitched for the White Sox for a number of years, and he was right in there with the Joel Horlin, Tommy John, Juan Pizarro, that era of White Sox guys that I was following. So I love Johnny Buzzart, another White Sox guy that wore 30, Maglio Ordonia, or, Ordonias, sorry. We're getting like Costas trying to pr- pronounce Castellanos. Uh, yeah, Maglio Ordonez, and also Tim Raines. Interesting story about Tim Raines. Uh, when I was younger, along with my good buddy Nelly, we represented about 20 minor league guys in the White Sox organization, including Ron Karkovice, Johnny Cangelosi, Al Jones, Mike Soper, et cetera, et cetera. We had a, a Kenny Williams, who's the current president of the White Sox, we had all these guys, and every time somebody would get to the major league, they'd end up with the White Sox. And every time they ended up with the White Sox, and that's Cangelosi, Karkovice, and Kenny Williams, uh, they would always be asked by none other than Tim Raines, number 30, hey, who's your agent? They'd say, oh, Jamie Retzke. And they go, man, I've never heard of that guy. What kind of a shoe deal does he get you? What kind of a car deal does he get you? And they'd go, oh, you just kind of been there in the minor leagues. Well, you need my agent. So when I met Reigns at a golf tournament, and he was kind enough to sign a bat before he was put into the Hall of Fame, and he is a Hall of Famer, I said, dude, you ruined my, my sports representation business by telling everybody to go with your agent. And when I ran into Johnny Cangelosi 20 years later, he said, dude, I'm sorry. I went through 20 different agents in 15 years of Major League Baseball. And... Uh, I should have stuck with you. Yeah, I heard that, but nobody did, except for Al Jones. And Al Jones was a relief pitcher with the White Sox, saved Tom Seaver's first three American League wins. And Jonesy, unfortunately, had hurt his arm when he stumbled after hitting infield drill. He was a number 25 guy on the roster. He's hitting fungos to everybody like they used to do before a game. And he came off the field at Fenway Park. In the rain, slipped on the timber at the top of the dugout, reached out, grabbed his arm, boom. Tore the ligaments in his arm, didn't tell anybody, went to the bullpen, came in in the ninth inning uh, with the game tied. He struck out Rice, Armas, and Evans to go to the 10th. The White Sox scored. He got the win and never pitched again. And that was my only loyal client. Ah, Jonesy. Toothpick Al. Alfornia Jones from... The great state of California, I guess, and his dad was Al, and hence California. I don't know, just guessing. But Al was a good guy, still a good guy, pitched with a toothpick, kind of had a short arm motion, hurt his arm, and uh, was out of baseball after that. But uh, that's the way it goes. So what other number 30s? Because it's fun to talk. There's always a story behind every number, as you probably will recall after, wow, 29 podcasts, number 30. Nolan Ryan, one of the all-time top 10 greatest pitchers in the history of baseball, and a good guy from Alvin, Texas, known as the Alvin Express. The dude could bring it. When he was with the Mets, he was wild as a March wind. When he finally got straightened out, 
he had a Hall of Fame career, obviously, and he faced, because they were contemporaries, my good friend Dave Nelson. And there are an awfully lot of funny Nolan Ryan stories with, with Nellie, but the one that I think is the funniest, and Nolan, uh, at an autograph show, I had him autograph a, a jersey, and they all, every time I get somebody in that vintage to autograph something, they always love to talk about their buddy Nellie. Well, they were in the minor leagues together, and when Dave was with the Texas Rangers and Nolan was with the California Angels, and I probably told this story before on podcast, but Nolan uh, was leading like 9-2 to two against the Rangers, and up comes Dave, and uh, the first pitch, Dave gets drilled in the ribs. And if you look at the players who were hit by a pitch from Nolan Ryan, and there are stats, believe it or not, even before StatCast and MLB Network and all these sabermetric guys, they did keep track of that, and Nelly ranks up there in the top 10 guys hit by Nolan Ryan. And so, first of all, you know, Dave's trying to grasp his breath because getting hit in the ribs with a Nolan Ryan fastball isn't a fun experience. And Toby here on deck comes over and says, Dave, Dave, don't let him know. Get up. Don't let him know it hurts you. And I can still hear Nelly telling this story. It was hilarious. And he's like looking at Toby Heron going, huh, I've got, you know, the ball, the seams of the ball emblazoned on my rib cage. So I think he knows it hurt me. But after uh, Dave caught his breath, he stumbles up and he starts walking out towards Nolan. And the umpire at home plate thinks, oh, my God, this is not going to end well. And so Dave kind of waves off the umpire and goes out to Nolan and goes, dude, you know, you're... And he probably didn't say dude because dude probably wasn't that cool to say back then in the uh, 70s. But he's, <laughs> you guys are winning by seven or eight runs. It's late in the game. What are you doing? And, and Nolan looks at him and in his Texas drawl goes, that's because you stole second, third, and home in an inning in the uh, minor leagues against me. So that's payback. And... Uh, that's Nolan Ryan. He never forgot. So that's my favorite number 30. That's one of my favorite uh, Nellie stories. So anyway, that's the, uh, the number 30s that I think, you know, Steve Stone was a number 30. There were some other guys that were number 30s, but those guys stick out. One really cool guy that was big in the Cubs' feudal years of trying to get to the division playoff or to the playoffs was Ted Lilly. I love Ted Lilly. Yeah, a lot of people love Ted Lilly. And, uh, you know, he was a great pitcher. He got in a little bit of trouble after he got out of baseball. But I think, I think he got rid of that trouble, and I think he's doing fine. So, anyway, enough of the number 30. I've had a great time with the 29 podcasts before this, and I expect to do another 30 before the season's over, and then we'll do about one a month during the off season, leading up to uh, spring training. And, again... Uh, when I say this podcast is brought to you by blank, we don't have a sponsor, but we're working on that. And uh, hopefully by the uh, start of next year, the format might be a little different. We hope we have a sponsor. We hope we have some, uh, some, some more fun. But so far, this has been great. We're going to probably have another couple live guests before we're over with it. I'm going to try to get Craig Kashan, try to get Jerry Reinstorf, and uh, maybe a couple others, including Dwayne Statch. You just never know. I have to uh, get a little more energetic in that regard, but by God, I think we can do it. So, where are we? What pennant races are still around? What am I surprised about? I'll tell you, one, one surprise that I have 
uh, is that the Atlanta Braves have held in there um, and have held in there really strong. In, in, even though they've had some problems in their bullpen, the Braves have maintained about a five-and-a-half game lead over the Nationals. The Nationals are 7-3 and three in the last 10 games, but the Braves are 8-2, and two, even though they've lost two in a row, and uh, now they go to Toronto to uh, play a series up there. The Phillies are kind of hot and cold. They're 5-5. Five and five. Bryce Harper's a dog. That, that's a screwy team. The Mets are not too bad. And then you, um, the other race that I think is interesting is in the American League Central. I thought Cleveland would overtake Minnesota. They tied. They got up. They evened it all up. And uh, now the Twins have gone on a 7-3 and three run with a three-game winning streak. They're plus 153. And the... Um, uh, race is going on. So it looks like the Twins are holding their own. they got 31 more games to play. And uh, the Indians have one extra game they've played. So if you look at the run differential, all the guys in first place have the best run differential. The closest race is the Astros and the A's. The A's are amazing. I think the A's are going to get the wild card if they don't catch the Astros. And uh, newsflash, they ain't going to catch the Astros. The Astros are red hot. So, in the wild card race in the American League, which is uh, down to three teams, the Red Sox are not one of those teams. Dombrowski should be ashamed of themselves. They had the same problem the Cubs did when they won the World Series. They went south quickly. They're struggling with the, uh, interestingly, just about the same record as your Chicago Cubs. Uh, the Cubs are 70 and 61. The Red Sox are. 71 and 62, both uh, around nine games over 500. And the uh, it looks like Cleveland and Oakland and Tampa Bay are in the race for the wild card. So in the National League, the wild card is a little more wide open. You have the Cubs hanging in there with the number two wild card. The Nationals have a three-game lead. Then you have the uh, Phillies, the Mets, the Brewers, the Diamondbacks, all within four games. And then you got the San Francisco Giants, which is a, it's a laugh. They decided to not be sellers uh, because they were supposedly in the running. Well, they're not really in the running. They're not going to pass four teams ahead of them, including the Mets, the Brewers, and, and even the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. There's no way. And so they said, well, you know, we're going to stand pat for Bochy because this is his last year. And, uh, you know, we're going to hold on to Bumgarden. Well, i got to believe the reason they held on to Bumgarden is nobody wanted him. Nobody wanted to pay anything for the guy. And it was just a rental because Bumgarden is going to probably sign with the Yankees next year. That's my guess. You heard it here first. And uh, so he's a bum, and uh, God bless him. So then we've got the... Uh, uh, National League race, the Cubs, man, if they don't win the division, they ain't going to win the wild card. There's too much talent below them, the Phillies, the Nationals, and the um, Mets are all pretty hot. Now, important two games coming up tonight and tomorrow night. The Cubs face Syndergaard tonight and DeGrom tomorrow. If they somehow miraculously can sweep a series on the road, against three quality pitchers like Stroman, Syndergaard, and um, DeGrom, then I might change my tune, and my negative tune is the Cubs are going nowhere. And sadly, the birds on a bat 
are hotter than a pistol. Oh, my God, the friggin' 9-1. and one. I mean, they've probably won 28 out of their last 31 games. Their run differential is moving up, although not great. And they're clobbering everybody. So they have won six games in a row. And so with respect to the Cubs and the Cardinals, and when they face each other, because that could be the last gasp of the Chicago Cubs, it's pretty close to the end of the year. In fact, the last 10 days of the season, beginning on September 19th, uh, the Cubs play the Cardinals four games at Wrigley. Then they go to Pittsburgh for three, and then they finish with three in St. Louis. So out of the last, what's that, um, 10 games, seven of them are with the Cardinals. And before that, the Cubs play the Brewers, as I said, for six games. Anyway, so that's um, 13 games out of the last 31 are with the Dodge, with the uh, Brewers and or the Cardinals. So Cubs have their work cut out for them. Can they do it? I think they can. I'm going to be upbeat. I think I'm going to send in my money for the uh, postseason because I think that uh, they can hopefully, hopefully prevail. Um, Baez has been in a horrible slump. So what, you know, here we go, September 1st. I definitely am on the side of I don't like what they do with the rosters expanding on September 1st. And let me tell you, I don't have a problem with the 40-man roster. I don't have a, a problem with bringing up prospects or the Cubs, in their case, are going to add Contreras and Zobrist uh, after September 1st because they can go up to 40 people. What I do have a problem with is all those guys are eligible for games in the last month. And so it's a different game. So while you're battling for the pennant, when you're battling for home field advantage, when you're battling for the wild card, you're playing by a different set of rules. And that is you can have 20 pitchers. So all of a sudden, they, you think the game's slow up until now. It slows down in September. Here's my plan. It's simple. Just like the playoffs, for each series, each team should designate 25 guys that are eligible to pitch or to play. And that's it. So you can have 40 guys on the bench. I don't care how many guys are on the bench, but only 25 should be allowed to play. Instead of this, let's bring in a pitcher here, a pitcher there, and it slows the game down and it's not fair. So anyway, that's, uh, that's my take on that. And I think that um, in the next month... With the expanded rosters, some teams are going to be able to rest a little bit, uh, mostly the Dodgers, the Astros, but also um, you're going to have a bunch of uh, different kind of way to play the game. So I don't like it. Uh, it doesn't seem fair, but nobody asked me. Uh, Darvish had uh, a great night last night, pitched eight innings, let the horrible bullpen rest. I mean... The Cubs don't have anybody in their bullpen that is lights out. I mean, nobody. And that's Kimbrell, Strope, Sechak, uh, Kinsler, you name it. You got to hold your nose when you bring these guys in. It doesn't matter when and where. They give up home runs left and right. Not good. Not good. Doesn't 
you know, they're not hitting and their bullpen's not very good. So do you really think they're going to go very far? And if they do win the wild card, what does that get them? That gets them to play in Washington, D.C., most likely, against Strasburg or Scherzer. <laughs> you tell me who's going on to play the Dodgers. So that's the, that's the uh, prize for winning the wild card game is you get to go face Kershaw or Rayu or Ferris Bueller's day out guy. Uh, the only good news is I'm thinking I'll get a pretty big refund on my playoff tickets. But, you know, that's kind of a negative approach to being a good fan. So that's kind of my uh, initial take on today. Um, I think it's going to be an exciting time for the next month. And so we're going to step up the number of podcasts we do. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back... We're going to look at some of the uh, statistical leaders in baseball. And I'm talking about uh, player stats and who is, um, you know, really leading the uh, various leagues in hitting. And I think it'll be pretty obvious. But anyway, this again, this is where we uh, don't have a sponsor, so we won't hear a lot of commercials. The break will be short, I promise. And uh, I'll be back for the last five minutes of the show in just a couple minutes. So thanks again for listening to On the Lighter Side of Baseball with Jamie Reske. Uh, there are a lot of good lighter sides to it, and uh, we look forward to coming back in a couple minutes. Thanks. And back we are. I hope during the break you all had a chance to grab some nachos or a hot dog or some ballpark food because that is the real love of baseball. Now, statistically, uh, we're looking at the pitching first before we look at the hitting, and I just want to look at a couple of the leaders with the uh, very combined statistics. There really are very few pitchers that have a shot at winning 20 games. Herman with the Yankees, has anybody heard of this guy before? Not me. Now, um, also Verlander and Garrett Cole and um, Rodriguez with the Red Sox and Strasburg, they're at 15 and 16 wins. They probably don't have a shot of getting a 20. You have to go way down the list, way down the list to get to a Cub. I mean, you have to go down to the 25th pitcher to get to Quintana, who has 11 wins. You've got some good guys that are down. Bueller's only got 11. Priscilla's having a pretty good year at 12. Uh, Aaron Nola, 12. I mean, is there a surprise? Probably at the top, no. Herman Verlander, Cole, Strasburg, and my favorite name, Fried. Fried who beat the Cubs. I never heard of Fried until he fried the Cubs. And then Giolito. So ERA, the leader there is Rayu with a 2.0 ERA, followed by Scherzer, Soraka from the uh, uh, Braves, who's not really well known, and DeGrom the Cubs face tomorrow. Verlander, Cole, Kershaw, Greinke, Sonny Gray, and Bueller round up the top. Guys, there. Strikeouts is Verlander, Cole, and Sale. That's no surprise. Who's got the best whip? Verlander, Cole, Rayu, Scherzer, Kershaw, Greinke. You get in the drift. These are the really studs of the, uh, of the world. And then the game saved. The saves are um, kind of an interesting deal. The uh, leader in saves, 
or save opportunities, Chapman and Yates are lights out, along with Hand with the Indians, Suna with the Astros, Doolittle's on the uh, injured list. But Chapman, no surprise, this guy Yates from the Padres, man, oh, man, they missed the boat, Even though, and they've got a great farm system. But there was a guy to get rid of at the, uh, at the deadline, and um, they didn't do it. So he's second-leading save guy on a team that's in last place. Who's giving up the most home runs? Lake Kikuchi with the Mariners. Verlander, interestingly. Boyd, Happ, and I'm not surprised, our own you Darvish. So there's that. Let's go to batting because the pitching's too depressing as a Cub fan. And uh, the hitting is even more depressing as a Cub fan because they have nobody. I could spell that, but I don't think I need to. They have zero hitters batting over 300. And there are 19 hitters at 300 or better, and the Royals' Merrifield is right there at 299. Who are the leaders in batting average? Brantley with the Astros. What a great trade. I mean, the Astros' general manager is just lights out. He's right there with Billy Bean. They are the two executives of the year. The Astros do not rest on their laurels, and they make good deals. And getting Brantley was a great deal. Getting Cole was a great deal. Getting Granke was a great deal. And so the Astros have general managed themselves into contention. Then another Cubs dropout who they just gave away to the Rockies way back when, LeMahieu, who's now with the Yankees, and this guy is in consideration for MVP, and he could be my MVP, and I don't like the Yankees, but I like LeMahieu, hitting 333. Then Reynolds has come into the picture with the Pirates. He's hitting 332. McNeil with the Mets hitting 330. Now, my goodness gracious, how in the world does uh, uh, this guy uh, manage to hit so well with the Mets when... Uh, uh, they have the same hitting coach that the Cubs fired last year. Hmm. And again, I still go to games. I go to social functions. I got 100 bucks if you can name the Cubs hitting coach. Nobody can do it. Even after they look at Google, they can't pronounce the guy's name. Yelich, 330. Rendon, free agent this year. He turned down. Listen to this. He thinks he's Bryce Harper. He turned down $200 million dollars in contract offers from the Nationals, and why not? They all want to get away from the Nationals, and I don't blame them. Uh, Rizzo, their GM's not my favorite guy. And then in home runs, you've got Trout leading the league, Alonzo. Uh, you know, how's Chili Davis turn it on for the Mets, but the Cubs didn't like him because he didn't have the launch angle theory? I mean, if anything has hurt the Cubs, it's my... Two points are the hitting coach, getting rid of Chili Davis was a major blunder, and not giving Joe his contract extension, an insult to Joe Madden, and dumping his friend Chili Davis, another insult. I think Madden's down to 31 games with the Cubs, plus maybe a wild card game. That's just me. A lot of other people think he and Theo already have it worked out. I don't know. But the... Uh, 
You know, the top ten in home runs, Trout, Alonzo, Bellinger, Yelich, Suarez, Acuna Jr., my man Jorge Soler. I love Jorge. He's with the Royals hitting 36. He's pretty close to breaking the all-time Royals home run record. He's got another month to come up with four home runs. Freddie Freeman and then some guy with the Twins I never heard of. And then my vote for the second best player in all of baseball, Nolan Arenado. Uh, Bell's doing pretty good. You know, it's the same guys. These guys are truly good players. RBIs, Freeman, Bell, Rendon, Arenado, Alonzo, Abreu with the White Sox, Bellinger, Trout. It's the same guys. They're the stars. You don't need sabermetrics to show me who in the world are good players. And, you know, speaking of sabermetrics, and I said it before, These young stat guys aren't doing anything. The Brewers have laid an egg with their stat team. The Mets, I think, are cool. They got rid of their pitching coach, and they've hired uh, Phil Regan, who's, like, got to be 85 years old. And the Phillies did the same thing, getting rid of their hitting coach. Uh, the, The Mets get rid of their pitching coach, if I didn't say that correctly, and hired Regan. The Phillies got rid of their hitting coach, and brought in Charlie Manuel, another dinosaur. So let's hear it for the old guys. It's great. And uh, so the RBIs, here we are. We got Freeman and Bell and Rendon and Arenado, and I bet you Trout's right there, number eight. Uh, No Cubs. I mean, the Cubs just, I don't know what the problem is, but I think I told you they need a manager with a contract and they need a hitting coach. And uh, they need to get Theo out of the uh, game planning situation, and uh, we'll see where they go. But they've got Al Moore in the minor leagues. I'll bring him up in September. I forgot about him. They've got Schwarber, who's just hits home runs. He's a mini Bambino. He just doesn't get on base very often with hits. He walks quite a bit. In fact, let's see who is leading the league in um, walks. They're two tied. Hoskins with the Phillies and Trout. And in terms of Cubbies that walk in the top ten, uh, they don't have any. you got to go way down to Bryant. Scott, 63. He's in 23rd place. Rizzo. You know, Rizzo and Bryant need to step it up. Castellanos is the star. If everybody hit on their lineup like Castellanos, the Cubs would be in first place by a long ways. But I feel good about the month of September, I think they'll get Almora back. I think they'll put Hap, get rid of Hap. He's hapless. Anyway, I make my feelings pretty well known. And who strikes out more than anybody? Santana, Acuna, Suarez, Harper, Oder, Jorge Soler, Javi Baez, and it's too depressing. So, and I don't want to be depressed because this is the lighter side of baseball. So, I'm going to take one more break, come back in a minute, and I'll try to think of something funny about baseball and something that's not negative about the Cubs. And uh, maybe it'll be with respect to food, maybe it won't. But anyway, uh, one minute break, and then these last five minutes have gone by really fast. We'll come back for a wrap-up of a one-minute closing argument on why baseball is so much better than any other sport. And back we are for the last minute. I think baseball is the greatest sport ever because of the length of time it takes for a pennant winner to be determined. And we still have a battle after five months of baseball. We're looking at one more month. It's going to be fun. We're going to come back in a couple of days with a uh, podcast after the Cubs get off the road and they come back to face the um, 
Oakland Athletics. And I think they've got, um, uh, after they play the Mets, they come back to Wrigley Field for the weekend against the Brewers. That's going to be a great series. I love both the Brewers and the Cubs. I love the Cubs a little bit more. And uh, maybe after that, we'll get together with Craig Kashan and see, uh, if not in person, by phone, see what he thinks about the Brewers. And he's got to be more upbeat than me about the Brewers. With respect to the Cubs, I think they're all good. I think the bullpen's going to be okay. And I think the Cubs are going to win the World Series. So I still think that the Cardinals are going to dive. And uh, that's it. I'm sticking to that. You can all laugh at me at the end of the year. But... I think the division winners are going to be in this order, the Dodgers, the Braves, and the Cubs in the National League. I think that the uh, in the American League, it's going to be the Astros, it's going to be the Yankees, and it's going to be the, I'm going to go with the Twins. And I think uh, in the World Series, it's going to be the Cubs versus the Astros. How about that? Boy, would that be fun. I'd uh, grab a ticket for my brother a big Astros fan, and we'd uh, we'd have a little family reunion at Wrigley Field as the Cubs take four in a row from the Astros in the World Series. Dream on. I need to have my head examined, and while I do that, I'm going to take a break, and I'll be back for podcast number 31. I think that is Fergie Jenkins' number. It was also Joe Fortunato with the Bears, and speaking of the Bears, uh, their quarterback is yet to play in the preseason, and he won't play in the final preseason. So we'll do a little podcast on the Bears because the Bears-Chiefs game in December could decide who wins the uh, prospective AFC and NFC. That'll be a great game, and then it'll be on to Christmas. So until next week when we do Podcast 31, this is Jamie Resky, hoping that you have a nice, warm Labor Day that the sun shines wherever you are and that you tee it up and hit it right down the middle of the fairway. And we'll see you next week for Podcast 31. Thanks for listening to On the Lighter Side of Baseball with Jamie Rinsky.